0: father we bless and praise and honor and magnify the name of jesus the name that is above every name we are called by that name and we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of god by the holy spirit so I thank you, Lord, that the eyes of your people's understanding are flooded with light this this morning. That veils fall off, clarity comes. Your word comes with so much understanding and so much revelation. And I thank you that your people are built up, equipped, and edified. Jesus is glorified, and by the end of this service, we'll all be the better for it. We give you praise and glory for as a prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together as we say these words I am born of God. I am born of the Word. The Word
1: of God is my nature. I do not struggle
0: to do the Word, I do the Word naturally. Therefore, today I will understand the Word of His grace. I will be built up by the end of this service. I will never be the same. Never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome every one of you connected to this service, by we have Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, all our campuses around the world, and all our house centers all over Kwaibom State. We're so glad to have all of you connected to this wonderful service, and it's exciting as we get into the word of his grace. Glory to God. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self, let's get in the word. Now do me a favor, make sure you share the video, make sure you invite people to television, make sure you invite people, you know, to all the YouTube channels and and to our YouTube channel, make sure you invite people to Facebook, get more people to get in the word. We're going to have a blast as we study the word of his grace. We've been looking at two kinds of righteousness. We're on a series and we're unveiling two kinds of righteousness. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The next verse. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. The word doctrine there is the word for explanation. The scriptures are for explanation of the subject. Salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The second prophet there is reproof. Reproof means to persuade, to give a reason to believe. To persuade, to give a reason to believe. Number three, correction. Correction in salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Number four, instruction in righteousness. That word instruction deals with spiritual growth or training. You know, many people do not know what spiritual growth is. But a fundamental part of spiritual growth is knowledge. You can't grow without knowledge. You can't grow without knowledge. So, instruction in righteousness, there is the word to nurture. It includes instruction or to train. To nurture by training, which includes instruction. Look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of our Savior, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, but now and forever. Amen. Now, the word knowledge here has to do with schooling. All right? A believer must make spiritual growth his pursuit. A believer must make spiritual growth his pursuit. Because the word knowledge in this context has to do with schooling. The way you train a child into a career. The way you train a child into a career. The way you go in stages, for example, in Nigeria, you have the pre-nursery, you have the nursery school, you have the primary school, you have the secondary school, and then you have the university. You know, stages of learning. All right, it has to do with nurturing. In first Peter chapter 2, verse 2, brother put Peter puts it like this in First Peter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow dear by. In 2 Peter 3:18, where we read, it said, Grow in knowledge and grow in grace. Or grow in grace, that is, know that you are growing. You didn't hear that. A new class, knowledge, there is something that nurtures you. The knowledge of growth, the knowledge of growth in first piece, your mind. So, desire the word or desire information. You cannot grow without in him to be growing because you are on a wrong diet. The law is a wrong diet for spiritual growth. You know, some people will know romance, they will know business skills. Growth has to be in the knowledge of Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Even as unto babes in Christ. So Paul addresses the church at Corinth. He calls them babes. The Greek word, Nepios. Nepios. Nepios, talking to born-again people. You know, uh, and he was referring to this church and these people have been in, in, in born again for over ten years. Yet he calls them babes in Christ. It means someone that is underdeveloped. They have experience but no revelation. They have experience but no revelation. So he says to them, I have fed you with milk and not meat. Again, he measures growth by knowledge. You are fed with milk, not meat. So, knowledge is what makes you know. You know, knowledge is what makes you know. You can actually be a pastor and you're a babe. Because uh, there are so many circumstances that makes people pastors. But how we know you're a babe is depending on what information you are being fed with. What information you are being fed with. That's very important. So, he says not with strong meat, but milk. Because you cannot bear them. So they were not feeding well. Just like many believers today are not feeding well. Come to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 11. And and Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 11. Ephesians and he gave some apostles and some prophets. And some evangelists and pastors and teachers. He gave means to make available. Diadome in the Greek. It means to make available. And there when he talk about pastors and teachers, actually it should be pastoring teachers or pastors who are teachers. Pastoring teachers or pastors who are teachers. Look at verse 12. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting means to equip. Catatismus in the Greek. To equip. catatismus That is to equip. Now the word for. For the perfecting of the saints. The word for is the word for in view of. In view of or to this end. I gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And there is an end point. To this end or to this end in view of, that is, this is what they must achieve, to equip the saints or to fit the saints in properly. To fit the saints in properly. That is, the job of the pastor is to train people properly into ministry. A pastor is not to build Nigeria, for example. The job of a pastor is not to raise role models The job of a pastor is not to raise entrepreneurs for the society. The job of the pastor is to equip. Katathizo means to adjust things properly. To adjust things properly. Use 13 times. To put them in the proper way. So when we come to church, we are born again. The job of the pastor is to redirect us. Or put us in a proper place to function or put us in a proper shape to be effective, or put us in a proper shape to serve. The job of the pastor is to redirect us to be productive for the kingdom. From the moment I come to church, the moment I come to church, my ambition becomes Christ's ambition. My ambition becomes Christ's ambition. I am fed with the ambition of Christ. So, I only find my purpose in the gospel of Christ. Irrespective of my career, I only find my purpose in the gospel of Christ. Look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brother Paul uses the word katethizo again. The word restore. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. The word katethizo. And then in 1 Thessalonians 3.10 and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, you see the use of the word catechism. We equip the saints who will do the work of ministry. We equip the saints who will do the work of ministry. Over the years, I have told you, I have drummed it in this church. And I have drummed it to all of you that care to listen. That the job of a pastor is not to do ministry the job of the pastor is to equip believers, equip the saints. The saints will now do the work of ministry. That reality is dawning on people now during the lockdown globally everywhere is lockdown people cannot go to church people are at home for safety purposes so what happens now if believers are not equipped to do the work of ministry there will be no ministry done anywhere but because there is an equipping going on in this house and an equipping going on within our community believers know what to do even without a pastor physically being there because they have been equipped to do the work of ministry that is God's intent that is God's wisdom that is God's plan. That believers are equipped to do the work of ministry. So right now the work of ministry is going on in houses. The work of ministry is going on, you know, in people's homes. The work of ministry is going on within communities because we have equipped people to do the work of ministry. Online, the work of ministry is going on. Some of you on my page are inviting people and as people are asking questions, you are taking the time to painstakingly explain and answer their questions. Some of you in homes where you are gathered to study the together with me in your home where you have made your home a church ha- a, a center, people are gathered with you right now and as I'm teaching they're listening at the end they're going to ask you questions because you have been equipped to do the work of ministry that is the work of the pastor the perfecting of you know fitting believers in the right places to serve look at verse 13 of that Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 13 Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now there is not talking about all churches coming together to be one church. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. What he means there is that word we. It's silent in the Greek. He is saying until all. is like till all come. Till all come. Till is an adverb. Till all come. That is whenever it is used. It is not for a final destination, till we all arrive,, katato, to arrive at the point, not a final destination. You will see that word applied in First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the earth or the ends of the world are come. Now that one ends of the world is talking about the coming together, the culmination of the times. So whenever you see to arrive, catato, it usually leads to something. It leads to something. Look at Philippians three eleven, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 11. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I might attain unto all right unto it leads to something. First Corinthians fourteen thirty-six. First Corinthians thirteen forty six. It says in First Corinthians fourteen thirty six what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? So every time that term is used, it means it's a means to an end. He gave the ministry gifts so we can arrive at something. So we can arrive at something. So he's explaining the meaning of equipping the saints and how it is done. We arrive at unity of the faith individually. This is the function of the pastor for each believer. That every believer individually will arrive at the unity of the faith each believer individually by the teaching ministry of the pastor will arrive at the unity of the faith individually. Look at Romans 15 verse 19. Stay with me. Romans chapter 15 verse 19. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the spirit of God so that from Jerusalem around about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ so that So this leads to something. So that, that's the word there. So that, look at Philippians 2.8. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became. And became. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So whatever he did was to accomplish something else. To accomplish something else. Look at Philippians 4.19. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. No. Philippians chapter 4 verse. No that's not the scripture I'm looking for. Look at Philippians 2.30 sorry. Philippians chapter 2 verse number thirty. Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death. Not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. Alright so he was nigh unto death. So, it's not a final destination. It's not a final destination. So, when you see that term, it means you get to this state to be able to do something. You get to this state for the equipping of the saints to get to this point to do the work of ministry. All right? Now, look at verse 12 again of Ephesians chapter 4. For the equipping or the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. The saints are being perfected for the work of the ministry. So the the unity of the faith is for the work of the ministry. Uh, At this unity of the faith is where you begin to do the work of the ministry. When we all come to the unity of the faith at that point is where you begin to do the work of the ministry. So the equipping of the saints is done with the unity of the faith. The equipping of the saints is done with the unity of the faith. Take note. The equipping of the saints is done with the unity of the faith. So the unity of the faith is what equips the saints. The unity of the faith is what equips the saints. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3. And the vowing to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. To keep the unity of the spirit in the bond. That word bond is the word henots. Henotis. henotes, H-E-N-O-T-S. Henotis which means harmony. That is to harmonize. What you know is harmonized in the bond. What you know, the unity of the faith, that is the harmony of the faith, is harmonized. He calls that harmony the unity of the faith. And he calls that unity of the faith the knowledge of the Son of God. The epignosis of the Son of God. So what harmonizes all your thoughts when you are trained? The harmony comes by the knowledge of the Son of God. The harmony comes by the knowledge of the Son of God. So till we all come to the unity of the faith, the essence of the ministry gift is to equip us with the knowledge of the Son of God. Our thoughts are harmonized by the knowledge of the Son of God. So we all arrive at that harmony. The epignosis of the Son of God. That's the place of harmony. Our thoughts are synchronized and harmonized together at the place of the epignosis of the Son of God. Look at that Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 again. Don't forget we're dealing with two kinds of righteousness and I'm just stating the foundation. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. Now that word matured, a place of maturity in that verse 13 and 14. Maturity there is the word teleos. Telios. You are matured when there is harmony to your thoughts. You are matured when there is harmony in how you understand the scriptures. You are matured when there is harmony in how you understand the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about, with every wind of doctrine, by the sly of men and coming craftiness, Whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Same word, Nepios, that we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Now, when this knowledge is received by you, it produces maturity. That maturity produces ministry. Knowledge, when the knowledge of the Son of God is received by you, it produces maturity. And maturity produces ministry. Means we are taught to teach others. We are taught to teach others. We are taught to teach others. Brother Paul said, the things you have heard of me, among many witnesses, the same. Commit to faithful men who will also commit to others. Then he now uses an interesting word there, Toast to and fro. Toast to and fro. In the Greek is the word. Kuldonizomai. Kuldonizomai. K-U-L-D-O-N-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Kuldonizomai. In the Greek. That word there is a mental agitation. To be toast to and fro. You are not stable in your mind. You are toast. You are in a pierce. You are underdeveloped. You don't know your right from your left. You are tossed to and fro. Kudonizomai. Alright. James calls it unstable in all his ways. Unstable in all his ways. You are agitated. You are troubled. You are being tossed anyhow. Any teaching that comes gets your attention. You lack balance. You lack a harmony to your thoughts concerning the scriptures. So you are tossed to and fro. A symptoms of underdevelopment. You know, you can be a babe in ministry if you are still suffering from mental agitation. Two words. Toast to and fro. Then look at Brother Paul's skillful way of using words. He now said carried. That word carried is stronger than those to and fro. Carried and carried. Carried actually means carried. You know, to carry. It's the word peripheral in the Greek. Peripheral. P E R I P H E R O. P E R I P H E R O. 31 times it is used. Carried. It actually means to be moved in knowledge actually carried about in your knowledge it means you have no stability so you are carried about in your knowledge today i am born again today i'm a new creation next tomorrow i don't know if god has forgiven me my sins another tomorrow my behavior has not been good i don't know if i will make heaven Another tomorrow they say this 5G is a sign of rapture. Another t- you are in a peers. You are underdeveloped. You lack harmony in your understanding of the scriptures. You are underdeveloped. You have not received knowledge that brings you to maturity so you can do ministry effectively. You lack stability because you see consistency is the proof of growth. I repeat, consistency is the proof of growth. A lot of Christians, their knowledge is based on their need. So today, I need money. They start studying the Bible for money. Tomorrow, there is coronavirus. They start studying the Bible to see if there's anywhere there is coronavirus. They are not studying the Bible to grow. They are studying the Bible to solve problems. So such Christians cannot cannot grow. You remain in the peers. You know, their teachings are circumstantial. If you observe, we don't teach you anything circumstantial here. We teach you the eternal word of God. We reveal to you the consistent character of God because that's the diet you need to grow and become stable, matured, so you can do the work of ministry. Please pay attention. So circumstances don't define our message. Remember, stability is the proof of growth. When you are stable in knowledge, we can conclude that you have grown. When you are stable in knowledge, you are not beaten about. You are not carried about. You are stable. We can conclude that you have grown. You are stable in knowledge. Therefore, you are stable in your understanding. You are stable in your, in your maturity. Now listen carefully. We took time in the first service to deal with a question. When, when Paul said the works of the law. Does it include the deeds of the law? We said, does it include the Ten Commandments? Does it include everything? Does it include the rituals? Does it include the ceremonies? And we began to do some work on circumcision and uncircumcision. And we saw conclusively that Abraham was declared righteous before the requirements of the law. That Abraham was declared righteous without the law. He was declared righteous by faith. He was declared righteous by faith. That's why we stopped in the first service. So we have righteousness of the law, and we have the righteousness of faith. They are not the same. We have righteousness of the law, and we have righteousness of the faith. They are not the same. We also said we have the works of the law, and we have the works of faith. The works of the law and the works of faith. You are saved not of works. Not of works. We are his workmanship created unto good works. Not of works. Unto good works. So there is the works of faith and there is the works of the law. And they are not the same. Now, let's summarize a little bit the book of Galatians. Before I get begin to fly again. The book of Galatians. The book of Galatians can be broken into six portions. The first portion will be Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. Paul greeting the church at Galatia and re-emphasizing the finished work of Christ. But he didn't stay there much. Then he moved to chapter 1 verse 6 to chapter 4 verse 11. That is the rebuke part. That is where he sat down to rebuke the church in Galatia. He used terms he never used anywhere else. You know, he used strong words for the church. I marvel that you are so soon removed to another gospel, which is not another. There will be some that trouble you. He called them foolish Galatians. Are you so foolish? He used strong words for that church in Galatia. Then in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 10, he tells them why he is writing. He says he is writing to them because they have moved from the grace of Christ to another gospel. That they are listening to something else. Other than what he has fed them with. Then in Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 to chapter 2 verse 14. He gives them the history and the statement of his defense. The history and the statement of his defense. He tells about his own history. How the gospel he preached was not from any man. Nobody taught them. And he intelligently discusses the defense of the gospel. Then in Galatians chapter 2 verse 15 to 21, he addresses the Galatians themselves. He addresses the Galatians themselves. Then in Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 to chapter 4 verse 11, his argument in support of what he says and he traced it to Abraham. Every time you want to argue between law and faith, listen carefully, anytime you want to put up a An intelligent argument. An intelligent argument. Between law and faith, you have to use Abraham. Why? Jesus said the reason why Moses gave circumcision is because of Abraham. We saw that in the first service. Jesus said the reason why Moses gave circumcision is because of Abraham. What Abraham did. Abraham did nothing. What Abraham did was nothing. And yet he was righteous. So if you are going to explain it, you are going to explain it through the same person. Through the same Abraham. The same person who had Ishmael and Isaac. The same person who had Ishmael and Isaac. The same person who was circumcised twice. He was circumcised before he was circumcised. He was circumcised before he was circumcised. He was circumcised both by faith and by works. Abraham. He was circumcised both by faith and by works. So, is that same Abraham we we we'll use to see righteousness through faith? He uses Abraham as his argument. Talking about brother Paul. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 to chapter 4 verse 11. Then in Galatians chapter 4 verse 12 to Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, he begins to exhort them and to appeal to them. But the first four chapters, he was very hard, very hard. Have you noticed the works of the law spoken here will be found where? Will it be found in the greeting section, in the appeal section, or in the rebuke section? Okay, the rebuke section. So he makes a valid contrast. He says, look, Abraham was not called righteous according to the law. He was not called righteous according
1: to the law. The law had
0: not even come when Abraham was called righteous. The law had not even come when Abraham was called righteous. He says Abraham was called righteous by faith. That was Paul's argument. He placed that emphasis very strongly. Look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 8. Galatians 3 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith. Preach before the gospel unto Abraham saying. In these shall all nations
1: Of the earth. Be blessed. Again.
0: What did Abraham hear? Abraham heard the gospel. He preached the gospel. Before to Abraham. So Abraham heard the gospel before. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Pay attention. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul a servant of Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle. Separated unto the gospel of God. Next verse. Which he had promised. Uh, for the gospel of God. Was promised before. By the prophets. So Romans 1.1. 1, 1, before. Galatians 3.8. Preach the gospel. Before. So Abraham had the same gospel. That you and I. Have heard today. The same gospel of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is not an afterthought. Righteousness through faith in the gospel is not the cure. The gospel is not an afterthought. It was not after Adam's sin that the gospel was preached. The gospel was preached before the fall. So it has always been in the plan... And in the good news concerning man The resurrection of Jesus Before So righteousness through faith In the gospel Is the meal Righteousness through faith In the gospel Is the diet He makes it more legitimate In verse 15 to 18 Verse 15 to 18 Of Galatians chapter 3 Verse 15 to 18. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man it or added there to. 16. Now, to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made, he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, unto thy seed which is Christ. Next verse. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law. Which was 430 years after. Cannot disannul That it should make the promise of none effect. That it should make the promise of none effect 18. For if the inheritance be of the law. It is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham. By promise. He said look. Abraham was already declared righteous. In the promise made to him. He was already called blessed. Before the law came 430 years after. So go back to Romans 3. We want to deal with something here. Now before we proceed. So the works of the law. Are they deeds or rituals? Well, if you're in the first service by now, you should know that the works of the law are deeds. Does it include the Ten Commandments? Well, I leave you to think about that. I will deal with it in a few. Can we separate the book of the law from the Ten Commandments? Yes, we said the Ten Commandments were in a book. I mean, the Ten Commandments were on a table of stone. The law of Moses were written in a book. All right? Now. can we separate the works of the law from the rituals of the law? Yes. Now, Jesus did he fulfill the law or the 10 commandments or everything? All right. So come now. Romans 3:20. Romans chapter 3 verse 20.
1: Therefore, by the
0: deeds of the law, There shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The Greek word here is very strong. Diagnomo.
1: Diagnomo epignosis. D-I-A
0: G-E-R-N-O-M-O-U Diagonal Epignosis In that
1: Romans 3.20 again put it up
0: Therefore By the deeds of the law Diagonal Epignosis There shall no flesh be justified in his sight For by the law Diagonal Epignosis by the law is the knowledge of sin So you do not know God from the law What you know from the law is sin The mission of the law is to educate you on sin Romans
1: 5:13. For until the law sin was
0: in the world But sin is not imputed when there is no law Sin was in the world even though it was not imputed. So the law gives us a precise the law gives us a precise accurate comprehensive understanding of sin. The law gives us a precise accurate comprehensive understanding of sin. So when you study the books of the law and you teach the books of the law, you are doing an accurate study of sin. You are doing an accurate study of sin. What did we say? We said the books of the law is not the Ten Commandments. We said the Ten Commandments, angels were involved. The law was written by Moses. Alright? Now come to Romans 7 7. Romans 7 7. What shall we say then? Is the law seen? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said,
1: Thou shall not covet thou shall not covet oh my goodness now listen thou shall not covet is the 10 commandments <laughs> thou shall not covet is the 10 commandments now can you covet
0: no can you steal no but don't forget No one is justified by the works of the law. Now we agreed that the law is different from the Ten Commandments. Okay? But Paul now just included one of the Ten Commandments as the law. Paul just included one as the law. We shall see it carefully. Believers produce good works. Good works does not produce believers. That is, you don't see a believer because of good works or morals. Rather, you see good works because of a believer. That's a vital truth. And we will explain that later in the course of this teaching. So, one thing is clear righteousness through faith is not an afterthought. Mm -mm. It's not an afterthought. Righteousness through faith precedes charging people for their sins. It precedes holding people accountable. That is, the very first time God
1: will charge, what did he charge? The very first time God will charge, what did he charge? He charged faith as righteousness.
0: He counted it all Charged it to Abraham's account as righteousness. Faith. So, anyone righteous, he calls you
1: righteous. Why? Faith. That's right. He called the faith righteous. The first believing anyone did in the
0: scripture was because... He had the gospel. The first time we see a believer in the scripture. Was because he had the gospel. So the gospel is not an afterthought. The gospel is not an afterthought. Remember that the gospel is not about the death of Jesus. But about his life. The issues we are dealing with today in this teaching predates today what exactly did Jesus fulfill
1: the rituals or the things to do and things not to do the ten
0: commandments what exactly did Jesus fulfill we shall find out in the study now Acts chapter 15 let's look at an issue here Acts 15 5 Acts chapter 15 verse 5. But there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. I want to read so you hear again. But there arose, there arose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. Means they were believers saying saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The word sect there. The word sect. Look at me. The word sect there is the word heresies. Heresies. H-A-I-R-E-S-I-S. Heresies. It means opinion or a view pattern. Opinion is sect is an opinion or a view pattern. There are many ministries today that are heretics. They have an opinion or a view. Like somebody will say, I don't think that's what the Bible is saying. To me, that is not the way I see it. To me, that is not how I see it. You are a sect. You are a heretic. Because a heretic is one... That has an opinion or a view pattern concerning the scriptures. You are not supposed to have a view or an opinion concerning the scriptures. The truth of the matter is that folks who were doing this were Levites. Pharisees before they believed. And they never changed their opinion. They never changed their opinion. Paul was also a Pharisee. But Paul said all these things I count as dung. Paul gave up everything he learned as a Pharisee. Many people migrate to preach what Jesus has done. But they combine it with Moses. Look at the word heresies in Acts 5.17. Acts 5.17. Then the high priest rose up and all day that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. Sect of the Sadducees. These were heretics. Acts 15:5. Acts 15:5. But there rose up certain of the sect. So we have the sect of the Sadducees and a sect of the Pharisees. Alright? Acts 24:5 for we have found this man a pestilent fellow and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes they were accusing brother Paul all right write down the following for your personal study acts 24:14 acts 26:5 acts 28:22 1 Corinthians 11:19 Galatians 5:20 Second Peter two one, so heresy can be found outside the church, and can be found inside the church. An opinion. What is this opinion? Look at Acts fifteen five again, please pay attention. What is this opinion? Acts fifteen five again. But there rose up certain. Pay attention. Of the sect of the Pharisees. Which believed. Saying. That it was needful. These are believers. Propagating circumcision. And to command them. To keep the law of Moses. The word saying. There. The rose of saying is the word legon. That is they were teaching. They were reasoning and analyzing. Teaching. Reasoning and analyzing. That is. That it was needful. It was needful. That is. That it was necessary to circumcise. And to command them. To keep the law of Moses. Even the apostles. Did not know why Jesus died. A number of them were still struggling. With that reality. Many of them. Many early church leaders didn't even know what Jesus fulfilled in his death. They didn't, many church early church leaders, they didn't even know what we are supposed to stop doing and what we are to continue, continue doing. So it's important we address this thing I'm addressing right now. Acts 15 5 again. Acts 15 5 again. But there arose up certain of the sect, of the Pharisees which believed saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. To command is the word paragelo. paragelo it means to instruct. That, that The way it says it in the Greek is, it means you will not exactly state it. You won't state it as a law. But the way you will say it The person will be under compulsion to do it. That's the way it is in the Greek. You will not put it out as a law. But the subtle way you will say it. The person will be compelled to do it. Like I'm not saying that it is wrong to wear makeup. I'm not saying that it is wrong to paint your nails. But if God wanted you to paint your nails. He will have given you colored nails. Your nails will have come out green. Your nails will have come out red. Your nails will have come out black. I'm not saying that it is wrong to wear makeup. But if God wanted your lips to be red, you will have been born with red lips. I'm not saying that it is wrong to wear it. But let's watch our lives. Because Jesus is coming soon. Anything that will stop you from the rapture, if it is your eye, remove it. What is makeup? What is painting your face? That speech is paralego. Paralego. It's a subtle way of compelling you to do something in Acts 15:6. Acts
1: 15.6 and the apostles and elders
0: came together for to consider of this matter to consider of this matter the word matter there is the word reasoning or analogy reasoning or analogy it means there was an analogy it means there was a reasoning among these people Books were written. They published books on the matter. An analogy was going on. And many in among the believers were following this thought pattern. They were all believers. They spoke in tongues. They raised the dead. They healed the sick. But they were carrying another gospel. Christ plus circumcision. Christ plus the loss of Moses. Christ... Plus visions and dreams. Peter now calmed them down in verse 7 of Acts 15. Acts 15, verse 7. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe 8 and God which knoweth the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us verse 9 and put no difference between us and them purifying their hearts by faith purifying their hearts by faith. The heart is what the law never dealt with. The law can never deal with the heart of a man. The law can never affect the state of a man's heart. The law of Moses does not touch the
1: heart at all. Now,
0: was that the circumcision of Abraham? Yes. The circumcision of Abraham was the circumcision of the heart. The circumcision of the heart. All right. In verse 10, verse 10, verse 10, verse 10 of Acts 15. Now therefore, why tempt ye God? Why? Why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we are able to bear? This yoke, was he talking about the rituals? No. He can't be talking circumcision. No. The yoke here is the law of Moses. He called it a yoke. Why put a yoke on these people? Why? Look at verse 11 of that same scripture. Verse 11. But we believe. But we believe. Oh glory to God. But we believe. Verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus. We shall be saved. Even as
1: day. We believe. Faith alone. We believe we shall be saved. Faith alone. In Christ alone.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, faith has always been alone. Faith has always been alone. No faith plus. No faith plus. Faith has always been righteousness. Not because Jesus died. Not because of redemption. But because that is what it has always been. Faith Has always been righteousness. Always. Look at Genesis 15. Genesis 15 verse 6. Before the law came. Genesis 15 verse number 6. And he believed. On the line the word believed. In the Lord. And he counted. On the line the word counted it. To him for righteousness. Believe count righteousness. Three words. That's the first time they appeared in the Bible. And that's the first time three of them appeared in one verse. Believed. Counted. Righteousness. Believed. Counted. Righteousness. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Stay with me. Stay with me. Paul a servant of Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle. Separated. Unto the gospel gospel. Of God. Unto the gospel. Of God. The word righteousness. Is used 92 times. 92 times. In New Testament
1: Greek. We are still dealing with two kinds of righteousness. Now.
0: 32 times of it. Is used in the book of Romans. 32 times. Of the word righteousness. So the book of Romans explains righteousness. Now, pay attention. Romans one one again. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. The word gospel is used thirteen times in this book. Gospel. It means you are jealous. The good news. You are Jelezo, the good news. And then you are jeleon. You are jeleon. You are jeleon means the announcement of the good news. The announcement of you are Jelizo. the good news. Alright? Now Romans 1 1. Look at the way Brother Paul calls it. Romans 1 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, Underline the gospel of God. Romans 1:15. Romans 1 15. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He calls it the gospel. Underline the gospel. Underline the gospel. Alright. Romans 1:16. Romans 1:16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. So here he calls it the gospel of Christ. So now pay attention. Are they different? No. The gospel of God. Is the gospel of Christ. Because. When he calls it the gospel of God. He said. Concerning his son. Romans 1.3 concerning his son Jesus Christ so the gospel of God in verse 1 is concerning his son so the gospel of God is the gospel of the son or the gospel of Christ is the same now stay with me Romans chapter 1 verse 9 Romans chapter 1 verse 9 for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit In the gospel of his son. In the gospel of his son. Look at me. So the gospel of God is the gospel of his son. The gospel of his son is the gospel of Christ. You didn't hear that. The gospel of God is the gospel of his son. The gospel of his son is the gospel of Christ. Same thing. So Paul is developing a thought in this context, gospel of God, the promise. Gospel of Christ, the emphasis. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Come to Romans chapter 10 verse 15. Romans chapter 10 verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be saint? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. On the line... The gospel of peace. He got that from Isaiah 52.7. Brother Paul got the word gospel of peace from Isaiah 52.7. Why does he call it the gospel of peace? Because peace will be found in Christ. And the gospel is the gospel of Christ. Which is the gospel of the son. Which is the gospel of God. Which is the gospel of peace. Look at Romans 15.29. Romans fifteen twenty nine. Stay with me, and I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. In the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Romans 16 25. Romans 16 25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So, he called it my gospel. It's like some people have a problem when you say my ministry. Is it not my ministry? It's my ministry now. It's my ministry right now that is blessing you. (laughs) Paul called it my gospel. All right, Means what I preach. My gospel means what I preached. Okay. So Romans 1.17 Romans 1.17 For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. It's called the gospel of God because it is the gospel of Christ. Why is it the gospel of Christ? Because Christ reveals God. It's called the gospel of God because it is the gospel of the son, because it is the gospel of Christ, because Christ reveals God. Is it clear? Christ reveals God. Romans 1.16 Romans one sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. There were other contending messages in the days of Paul. That is why he had to declare boldly, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ.
1: This is a material brother Paul wrote.
0: That has the Jew and the non-Jew. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. He wrote to reveal the unity of the Jew and the non-Jew. What they have in common. What the Jewish believers and non-Jewish believers have in common. So you will understand the terms that brother Paul uses here. Not once or twice did Paul mention these two tribes. Many times in his epistles. Look at Romans 1.17. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Romans one seventy. For therein is the righteousness of God. Underline the word, the righteousness of God. Earlier on, he talked about the gospel of God. Now he says, the righteousness of God, which is in the gospel of God, which is in the gospel of the Son, which is in the gospel of Christ. Look at another word he uses in Romans 1.18. Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed. So we have the righteousness of God. The gospel of God. The wrath of God. Romans 2.2. 2. Romans chapter 2 verse 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God. So he also talks about the judgment of God. Romans 2 4. Romans 2 4. Or despised that thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God, underline the goodness of God, the goodness of God. So the gospel of God, the righteousness of God, the goodness of God, the judgment of God, the wrath of God. Hey, is God 2 face goodness, judgment, righteousness, wrath? Listen carefully. We must look at it in details in this teaching. Romans 2.3 Romans 2.3 And thinkest thou this, O man, that, that, that judges them which do such things, and does the, the, and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Underline the word judgment of God. Romans three three. What if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God? Underline the faith of God. The faith of God. Romans three five. Romans three five. But if our unrighteousness, commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? Underline the word, the righteousness of God. So what is it, what is it, why what has been coming up often? The righteousness of God. Because he said, that is what is being revealed in the gospel. What is revealed in the gospel is the righteousness of God. So that's why the predominant statement is the righteousness of God. Pay attention now. You cannot find the wrath of God in the gospel. You cannot find the wrath of God in the gospel. Number two, you cannot find the judgment of God in the gospel. Please stay with me. You cannot find the judgment of God In the gospel. You will only find. The righteousness of God. In the gospel. Which is apart from the law. Apart from the law. Look at Romans 3.26. Romans 3.26. To declare I say at this time. His righteousness. That's what we declare. That he might be just. And the justifier of him. Which believeth in Jesus. That he might be just. And a justifier. So underline the word. His righteousness. The word. His righteousness. Look at Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8. But God commendeth his love. Toward us. So underline the word. His love. The word commended is demonstrated. Underline the word. His love. Romans 5.9 Much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him. We are saved from wrath. He sent his son to save us from wrath. Wouldn't it be funny therefore to say the wrath of God? Okay? That's why it needs explanation. That means we need to understand that wrath. And if you follow my teaching on the misunderstood God, I took time to deal with that very seriously. So we have another term, the love of God. Romans 8, 38. Romans eight thirty eight. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Next verse nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the underline the love of god underline the love of god the love of god is that christ died for us and by the death of christ we are saved from wrath so the love is in christ the love is is in christ so even if there is six 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 there is no shaking The love of God is in Christ. And we cannot be separated from it. So we have the righteousness of God. We have also found the love of God. And the righteousness of God is found in the love of God. And the love of God is found in the gospel of God. The gospel of God is found in the gospel of his son. The gospel of his son is found in the gospel of Christ. Glory. Now I close with Romans 10.1. Pay attention. Brethren, my heart's desire, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Verse two. For I dare them record that they are the zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Verse three. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, Being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They are ignorant of God's righteousness, but they have a zeal. They are very passionate, even though they are ignorant. The word righteousness of God comes twice. God's righteousness. Righteousness of God. God's righteousness. So we read in Romans chapter 3 that this righteousness is without the law. Without the law. So they being ignorant of God's righteousness establishing their own. It actually means establish. Which means they have churches they have built on the righteousness of the law they have churches, they have bible schools. They have built on the righteousness. They go about establishing, they have established churches and established denominations on the righteousness of the law. They have seminaries and bible schools on the righteousness of the law. They have study manuals on the righteousness of the law. They even have books on the, and they have music on the righteousness of the law. So Paul makes two distinctions here. He calls it the righteousness of God. And they go about establishing their own righteousness. Look at Romans chapter 10 verse 4.
1: For Christ's glory
0: is the end of the law for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it put it up again for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it he is still using righteousness so he has used righteousness now for two instances the righteousness of God and the righteousness of man The righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus in the gospel of God which is the gospel of the son which is the gospel of Christ and the righteousness of the law which is predicated on the law that the man that doeth it is under a cause and shall live by it. Two kinds of righteousness. The righteousness of the law. And the righteousness which is of faith. Don't forget. The righteousness of faith. Predated. Preceded. Is older. Than the righteousness of the law. Which means. The righteousness of faith. Is not an afterthought. It has always been. The real righteousness. That is actually the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is righteousness by faith without the law. Righteousness by faith without the law. That is, the law and the prophets were standing. Righteousness showed up without the law and the prophets. And how do you become righteous? By faith. Righteousness by faith devoid of works righteousness by faith devoid of works glory to god stand on your feet that's all i got for you in this service on wednesday we're going to settle down this wednesday at 5 p.m gmt plus one, we will settle down on that romans chapter 10 verse 1 to 4 they have abolished that. They have abandoned the righteousness of God. They have gone about establishing. Not trying. They have established institutions. Of the righteousness of the law. They have casted as passions
1: On the work of Christ. The righteousness. By
0: faith. In what Christ. Has done. And we are going to see how that plays in your realities in christ jesus what a foundation this morning lift your right hands to heaven father thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice thank you for the privilege to feed your people and serve your people grace bringing clarity to your word, bringing clarity of thoughts to the revelation of the scriptures and the righteousness of god which is by faith thank you for everyone hearing me right now i decree and i declare you are not confused The grace of God abound towards you. You will always have sufficiency in all things. You abound unto every good work. I pray for you today. Every need of yours is met supernaturally. Every need of yours is met supernaturally. In the name of Jesus, I command barriers eradicated, eradicated out of your life. I flush out every device of the enemy. Sickness and disease will rebuke you. And we command sick bodies be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Every pain go in the name of Jesus. Body be healed. Karato makata be healed. Mental adababa. Now receive your healing. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive miracles. Receive divine intervention. Supernatural interventions. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise and glory and I declare the next week is full of good things for you. You enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. You have all that pertains to life and godliness. Your steps and thoughts are ordered by the Lord. Great grace is upon you today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Glory to God. Oh my goodness, I feel like dancing. Righteousness by faith devoid of works. Glory to God. Get a good offering, everybody. We give in faith, we give as an expression of our love for for what Christ has done for us. For the work of God on the earth. Oh yes, the work of God. For this work of God to flood the nations. For the word of his grace. The clarity of the gospel of Christ to reach the people for whom Jesus died. We must respond in love for humans, and in love for the people whom Jesus died for, by making our resources available, so the gospel continues to advance. Through our giving, the gospel goes out. So wherever you're watching, I'd like you to grab your offering this morning. Grab your offerings. Grab your kingdom investments. Partners, this is the time for partnership. Everyone we're giving in faith. We're giving with joy. We're giving in honor of what Christ has done. We give generously. We give liberally. We give with joy we give our best for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son every time we give we give with the dna of god on our inside we give our best we give our best intentionally and our givings makes opportunities available for people around the earth to be impacted with the good news of christ lift up your offerings your kingdom investments your partnership. Let's pray together. And those of you, before I pray, that don't have accounting details that are specifically, you know, usable in your location, you can shoot me a mail asking for an account so you can send in your offerings. Banking details, we will email that to you joyfully. Shoot a mail to me, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. You'll get an immediate reply from us to you. But thank you for responding. Thank you for honoring Christ and honoring the labor of this ministry, and helping this ministry to continue to get the word out to the nations of the earth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everyone giving their offerings right now in our house centers, in our campuses, all the online brethren, Facebook, YouTube, Kingdom Life Network, and all the various platforms. We rejoice that your people are willing in this day of your power. Your people respond to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Your people respond to the grace that is at work in their heart. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus, how that He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, that you through His poverty may be rich. We give graciously today, and every offering given today, we rejoice that it rises before you as a sweet smell. And thank you for the privilege to make a difference through our givings in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for everyone giving. I declare for you all that your needs are met supernaturally according to his riches in glory. Receive grace, receive grace, receive grace. And function out of every struggle. Function from a place of rest. And receive direction to know exactly what to do, how to do, and how to go about things. Great grace is upon you all. And this week is a week of the goodness of God. So enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. What a blessing to bring you this word. I'd like you to go back, listen to the teachings over and over because heavy stuff is what we're dealing with. But you know you've been eating, so I'm not afraid to bring heavy stuff your way. I know you can handle it. We love you guys. We love you very much. Now listen carefully. I will be live on Wednesday 5 p.m. GMT plus 1 teaching this. Teaching this word. And there's likelihood I may teach it for a number of days. But you will find that out on Wednesday. But we need to hit this back to back so we can unpack everything. So you have a holistic understanding of what we're teaching. So that your thoughts are harmonized with the scriptures. It's very important. Now, don't forget I'm always teaching the word of God. I'm live every day. Like today I'm going to be live again at 6 p.m. GMT plus 1. 10 p.m. GMT plus 1. During this lockdown, it's a time to store up a lot of teaching. Get the word in you. Build yourself because of the days ahead. Let me say it very loud now. Build yourself as a believer because of the days ahead. A word is enough for the wise. Now that you have the time to do it and you have the opportunity, do it and don't procrastinate. Consider that you are in a self-Bible school. Every morning, 10 a.m., I am live. 12 noon, I am live. 4, 6 p.m., I am live. And 10 p.m. is every day. Stock up, stock up, stock up, stock up. The teachings are in series. It's preparation. Work is huge ahead. All right? We love you guys. Our campuses, we live in the able hands of our coordinators. Our house centers, your pastors will look after you as you round up the service. And everybody else online, you guys are fantastic. You are the best. All of you, both on Facebook and YouTube and Kingdom Life Network, we love all of you, man. Looking forward to hook up again with you on Wednesday Live from this pulpit. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Amen.